uh, also too that wood burning is being banned. You know, it's uh, it, it's clickbait. So sometimes you meet people that can save you a whole bunch of grief. Today I'm going to introduce you to one of those people. We are doing an episode of Prime People with Matt Lawless from Safe Home Fireplaces. I met Matt a number of years ago when we had a property that we were selling and was under contract. There was a wood burning fireplace and when they did the inspection they requested a wet inspection. What is a wet inspection? W-E-T-T. -T. It's a certification that certain inspectors have to tell you if a fireplace is compliant, what the issues are with it. We'll dig into that in the interview but what I can tell you is I was referred Matt by a friend of mine and he quickly became one of the best resources for our business. And we always say, right, no different than in real estate, I wanna be that guy you trust, just like your mechanic, you can just drop your car off and understand that I'm giving you the right advice. Matt is that guy, so anything related to fireplaces or anything in that world, um, Matt's the guy that I call. I mean, he helped me on a deal literally two nights ago. Solve the problem like that for me. So I'm super excited, this is very, very timely. Let's get after it, and I can't wait for you to meet one of my favorite service partners. You had to think in the top, like on the top of your head about the worst inspection you've ever done in a fireplace. Are there any that stand out? There's actually so many. The yeah. major, majority of them, which really surprises me, um, don't meet code. Um, uh, the codes haven't changed since 1945 with a few minor exceptions, and uh, they're all over the place. Um, I feel that uh, masonry isn't really a overly regulated uh, trade. You know, if I work for you and you call yourself a mason mm -hmm. and uh, I decide I want to be a mason, that's kind of end of story, whereas you never get away with that with an electrician or, you know, a plumber. So yeah. um, I see a lot, of, uh, a lot of kind of gone rogue fireplaces and, and chimneys and, uh, yeah, it's uh, quite, quite surprising because essentially they should have been stamped by a building department as well too. So I think a lot of building departments don't understand maybe the specific codes pertaining to um, uh, chimneys and fireplaces. Just to dig into you know, what you were saying about yeah. how you know, maybe masonry is not an overly regulated trade, especially yeah. when it comes to fireplaces, and municipalities don't necessarily understand or stamp the approvals on what's being built. Yeah. Do you think the, the cause and effect of that is, you know, okay, I'm building a house, I want a fireplace, a builder saying, okay, yeah, I got a mason that can do that for you. They incorporate it into the design saying, okay, here's this floor plan, I'm putting mm -hmm. a fireplace here, but the components of that fireplace are not part of that plan, right? Yeah, well, um, and, and it's also just, there's a lot of overwhelming minor details um, and the fact that a lot of stuff gets buried as well too. Um, you know, chimney height is one that uh, always boggles my mind because it's very, plain as day obvious to see. Um, however, I would say at least 50% of the chimneys that I inspect aren't technically tall enough. Um, and, and, and again, you know, I mean, me being in this business, my eye is naturally drawn to chimneys and fireplaces when I'm driving around. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was with the kids at a movie. I can't remember what it was, but it took place in the UK. Yeah. And of course, my eyes being drawn to the chimneys in there, all of them, spot on perfect you know and i just feel that it has been more of a like a like i said a watered down trade unfortunately yeah. and even you know um new 
you know, new construction now. Um, you know, I was in Byron uh, doing an inspection. Generally, I don't need to get up on the roof to measure the chimney height. I can, you know, figure it out enough. from, yeah. And uh, there was one that was so close and, you know, you don't want to be wrong. So, you know, I got up there, measured up, wasn't tall enough. And it was in Byron, which is, you know, nice and hilly. And like where I was, I saw the view, you know, of many other houses. And I don't think there was one that I could see from there that was actually tall enough as well, too. Well, right. Let me dig into that for yep. a second. So like, if you look, and this is just from a real estate perspective, yep. when I look at houses, a lot of times, like this is more of a licensing issue for investment properties. Sure. I know there were different blocks of times where houses were built. Mm -hmm. So if I know a house is 100 years old, okay, they didn't have any you know, regulations in terms of roof heights. You know, they didn't mm -hmm. know these were gonna be used as rental properties. So yeah. it wasn't even a factor. Yeah. Houses built 60 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, maybe had some idea that they were gonna be used as income properties down the road, mm -hmm. but again, they weren't quite there yet because it was right. still a really small town. And then mm -hmm. I look at the last 20 or 30 years, a lot more purpose-built product. Do you break down the inspections you do based on the age of the home? How does that work in terms of grandfathered um, code compliance or? Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up as well too because there really is no grandfathering per se. Like my, uh, my, my job as an inspector is just to report as I see it uh, pertaining to today's code. Um, and in terms of fireplace code, like the, the, uh, the Ontario Building Code, which uh, you know, falls under uh, the National Building Code, and you know, we have our you know, own provincial tweaks to it, um, didn't really come to fruition until after World War II. And, uh, but, but there are certainly some differences, such as chimney liners inside of uh, chimneys. Like that, that was something that didn't really start happening until the 1920s, 1930s. But uh, it's not really up to me per se to say, you know, whether something passes or fails. It's simply just to observe that this is missing and it is something that's required to uh, today's standard. Actually, um, funny enough, I messaged Matt two nights ago and we were doing a deal on a property. I was representing the buyer. Mm -hmm. There was a seller that had a wood-burning fireplace. And that's, the, that's how we first met was, mm -hmm. I remember there was a house on commissioners, wood-burning yep. fireplace. I called my inspector. I said, you know, I've got some concerns about this. Who do you trust? And they mm -hmm. said, call Matt, um, owns safe home fireplaces. And I trust my inspector because he's done thousands of inspections mm -hmm. for us and called you. Mm -hmm. You showed up at the property. And I, you know, I equate our relationship to a mechanic that I know there's something wrong with my car. I can mm -hmm. just drop it off. I know I'm not going to get hosed. He's mm -hmm. just going to give me the honest facts. If I need new tie rods, he'll tell me I need new tie rods. If he says everything's great, he'll send me on my way. Um, so I was really appreciative of you in that transaction. Mm -hmm. We maintained a relationship over the years. You know, same thing. I had clients call me. Who do you trust? Send them your number and rave reviews. So thank you for that. But mm -hmm. two nights ago when I messaged you, mm -hmm. that was the question, right? Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I'm going to insert some language asking the sellers to provide me a valid mm -hmm. WET certificate, right? Yep. Which is the WETT, um, you know, inspection accreditation that you have to go yep. in and look at these things. And yep. if Uncle Jimmy, the inspector, doesn't have that. Like I would say 90% of inspectors that I meet don't have the WET certificate allowance for mm -hmm. them to go in and actually inspect fireplaces. So be careful about mm -hmm. that. But the other language thing I wanted to point out was I asked you mm -hmm. what language could I include stating you know, that it's compliant. And you brought up a good point. It's no different than electrical inspections. Mm -hmm. You can't actually go in and say, this is 100% okay. Mm -hmm. You can go in and say it's compliant or not compliant, mm -hmm. but there's a big misconception in the industry as to a yes or no checkbox, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. I, I do get a lot of uh, um, inquiries about a wet certificate. 
um, or the idea that I will pass or fail uh, a fireplace, but simply it's uh, what we can see. If, if it's an open wood-burning uh, masonry fireplace and chimney, then we're uh, referencing the Ontario Building Code. And if it's like, say, a freestanding stove with a stainless steel chimney, then we reference uh, the uh, installation instructions. So basically we go through um, you know, several different items uh, that we look at and it's either we can verify that it's code compliant or it's not, or simply that we can't see it. You know, there, there are certain things that we're not going to be able to see, you know, behind drywall, um, you know, places that are physically impossible to, uh, to get to. But, you know, at the end of the day, we provide a written report uh, verifying the uh, items of uh, code compliance that we, can, that we can see. And from an agent's perspective, I mean, it's very simple because we're not professionals in your trade. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're just looking for, is there anything wrong? What's it going to mm -hmm. cost to fix it, mm -hmm. right? It's just one of those things yeah. that, you know, it's nice to have somebody like you in you know our database because you can direct us one way or the other and the conversation yeah. could have gone hey justin don't buy this place or you know you're looking at a ten thousand dollar repair yeah. the message was hey everything looks great needs a cleaning but other than that we're good so i think you know reaching out to other professionals that know their craft better than you is super important yeah. across all industries right yeah yeah and to add to that you know mentioning uh, home inspectors having the uh, the wet designation uh, the, the, the one thing I can certainly uh, state, you know, uh, my, my, myself personally, uh, I've been dealing with fireplaces for 15 years, every day, all day, yep. installing them, tearing them out, inspecting them, servicing them. So, I mean, it's something that we have our hands on all the time. You know, it's not the sort of thing that, you know, we, we peek at a fireplace, you know, once in a blue moon and, you know, hope we remember the code and, and know what we're doing with. Like, it is something that... Uh, you know, I think it does pay, you know, the old saying, you know, like, you know, if you, if you want a cake, go see a baker, you know, so I think it, uh, I think it makes sense. You're driving around looking at chimneys. Yeah. You know, you're obsessed with your craft. I'm the yeah. same way. I can't turn yeah. it off sometimes, yeah. but it's kind of fun because I know in our parents' day, it was literally, you check in, you check out, you're working your job just yeah. to get your pension and retire. Yeah. You actually enjoy researching and, mm -hmm. and staying at the top of your craft even before. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about, you know marketing and, and just general business mm -hmm. and how do you balance that with being you know so involved in your business on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis right and i think that's where you're unique is you're sharpening your sword on a daily basis but you're also yeah. conscious that you know you want to be where people can find you too yeah. right so you have a couple locations now you're uh yeah yeah we have a uh a fireplace showroom in strathroy uh that's been there for a few years and uh yeah, in uh, last October, uh, we opened up uh, here in London, West London. Okay, and what territory, like where have you gone and done fireplaces? Oh, yeah, so it being a bit of a niche market, we, we certainly travel. I mean, we're up in Sarnia quite, quite often to Grand Bend, uh, down to St. Thomas, and, um, you know, actually sometimes even as far as... Uh, uh, East East Chatham as well too. So pretty much anywhere somebody has a need, it depends on the job. But you guys, yeah, yeah, it depends on what it is in terms of inspections and uh, chimney cleaning and that sort of thing. We'll we'll maybe uh, travel a little bit further as far as fireplace installations. We don't want to step out too far because you know if there's ever any uh, you know technical issues, we want to be able to be there right away to uh, service the issue. Super responsible. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people sometimes get too far out of their britches in terms of where they're servicing and they just want to run everywhere and be everything mm -hmm. to everybody, yeah. but their quality drops. Um, that's something that I've respected with you over the years is yeah. 
I know that consistency and quality has been steady with everybody mm -hmm. that I know that's dealt with you. I know we linked up through some mutual friends, through Jeremy McCall and whatnot over the oh, years, yeah. even though we knew each other, mm -hmm. only heard good things about what you were doing with your business. Um, let's jump into trends. So yep. again, I'm green. Yep. I know nothing about fireplaces. Yep. Where do you think the general market is right now? Where do you think it's going? Well, actually, there's a lot going on in the fireplace world right now. Uh, the EPA in the United States has tightened things up considerably for gas fireplaces and wood-burning fireplaces. Uh, for wood-burning fireplaces, it uh, kind of wreaked havoc because um, you know it, it comes down in terms of efficiency when it comes to uh, wood-burning appliances. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency in the States, which ends up dictating things in Canada, um, isn't so much concerned about efficiency, but particulates in the air. Okay. So uh, about 30 years ago, uh, to put in perspective, a, a wood stove, a common wood stove might produce uh, 70 grams of particulates uh, in the air per hour. Uh, the EPA has now tightened things up to two grams. Uh, so, I mean, when you see a wood stove burning and, you know, it, it, it's kind of in the zone, I mean, you shouldn't see any perceivable smoke coming out of the top. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, but Efficiency, uh, have they lost a lot of efficiency or they just made oh, better well, product? Well, well that, it's kind of one of the things, it, it was kind of a win-win. So, yeah. what they did with those particulates is made the stove... Uh, really, really tight, and so they're actually burning the smoke now as fuel. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so it's a win-win-win because the units are actually producing more heat. Uh, you know, of course, there's less pollution going in the air, and it's making the system as a whole a lot safer as well because it's that smoke is what cools down and turns into creosote that can cause chimney fires. Okay. So, so it's uh, it, so the it's, smoke's gone. Like the, smoke, the smoke is gone. Yeah, and so when when the EPA started tightening things up, the first major, you know tightening of the regulations was in the 90s. And um, in, in the United States, a lot of the manufacturers there threw in uh, a catalytic converter, the same sort of catalytic converter okay. that's in your vehicle. Okay. And uh, it was really a bit of a Band-Aid solution because uh, it worked great in a laboratory. Uh, they, they have test fuel that they use. It's got to work once, you know, and end a story. Whereas in Canada and Europe, uh, they actually got into really redesigning the fireboxes and preheating the air, aka oxygen, yeah. uh, to superheat the oxygen to actually ignite the smoke. And uh, funny enough, I just got notification yesterday that Canada is not going to uh, require these new EPA 2020 emissions, okay. which is probably going to tick off a lot of the stove companies because they, I mean, they, they do sell in the States, but yeah, they like spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars redesigning their units. And now Canada is not uh, uh, requiring that. Um, so why would Canada not require it, do you think? Um, tough, tough, tough to yeah. say, you know, it's uh, just uh, money I was going to say government. we live in such a green world, right? Like you think they'd want to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's tough to say. They might be just a little bit slower down the yeah. pipes uh, getting it uh, getting it done uh, but uh, yeah no it was it was it was a bit of a surprise um, and uh, in turn uh, gas fireplaces uh, they've uh, now mandated in uh, 2020 uh, no standing pilot lights um, that so, burn all the time yeah which which again uh, comes with their with, with, with challenges as well too because uh, a pilot light in a fireplace uh, will actually keep the internal uh, portion warm. It'll keep a nice draft. Yep. Um, it's a function of the fireplace. It is actually yeah. a function of the fireplace. So the way it's going to work is if you don't touch your fireplace, after seven days, the pilot light automatically goes out. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a standing pilot 
type of fireplace that you need to manually light the fireplace, you know, and say you have a cottage where you're dependent on that, keeping things warm, it might cause a little bit of grief. However, uh, uh, nowadays there are electronic ignition fireplaces that will automatically fire up the unit. Talking about grandfathering, does yeah. that go back to old fireplaces or no. the ones that are installed now are no. fine, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, if you're changing something, if you're yeah. gonna do a massive yeah. Any, yeah, anything, yeah, anything sold after a certain date in 2020, which hasn't been specified yet, yeah. it has to uh, um, have this new technology. Okay, um, styles and <clears throat> types, um, wood, wood burning, wood stoves and gas fireplaces it's funny because i grew up with a wood stove back yep. in my home in montreal <clears throat> we had a power outage for two weeks back in 94 i think it was love the thing cook yep. on it i mean throw a couple <clears throat> logs in there it would, it would burn for x amount of hours but with a small daughter i would just be worried about you know the heat coming off it and her touching it or something down the road yeah um wood burning doesn't seem to be something i see as much of everybody seems to be doing gas but then you go overseas mm -hmm. you go to different countries People love wood burning. They love the smell of it. They love the feel of it in the house. Why don't we see as many of those here? And then trend-wise, what are you seeing of those three? Um, so, I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of work uh, that goes along with having a wood burning stove, you know, the manual and, and, and to have the supply of the fuel itself. I mean, you have to have wood somewhere. Uh, you know, you gotta be able to bring it in. Uh, you know, like in a condominium, you know, it might be a little difficult to be hauling wood uh, upstairs. <laughs> Um, you know, um, and, uh, you know, just, just everything that goes along with that, uh, you know, the, uh, the appeal of a gas fireplace being able to, you know, easily turn it on, turn it off, uh, you know, it should still be, you know, checked annually. However, yeah. um, you know, a lot less perceived risk, you know, having that, uh, as well too, uh, and the fact that you can thermostatically control a gas fireplace. So. Uh, yeah, ga gas fireplaces, without a doubt, make up the majority. But you know, we still do install um, and sell a lot of wood-burning products. Um, I, I would say, w without a doubt, majority to the rural population. You know, yep. who uh, it's to help offset, uh, you know, propane or electric. Uh, people who don't have access to natural gas is uh, is, is definitely where it's at. And, and there's also. Um, you know, I would say in your higher end homes, uh, you know, where people, um, you know, might want that really beautiful focal point of a big open wood burning fireplace. So they still have uh, uh, more what I would consider a decorative appliance, you know, that give you a little more of that you know, amazing campfire like fire in the middle of your living room. You walk, you go to the States and go to any Cracker Barrel and you walk by their huge stone yeah. fireplace that they have and it just yeah. gives you that, that feeling, right? So yeah. I get that side of things. Um, you know, what would be one myth that you think the general public has about your industry that you'd like to bust that uh, most people you know typically think um i i would say just the the the, the danger of of wood burning and the yeah. fact that insurance companies will not allow them yeah um that that without a doubt i hear that all the time uh, also too that wood burning is being banned you know it's uh it, it's clickbait I, yeah. i've seen some stuff where we've installed a wood stove for a customer uh, you know, two days later, they, you know, send you um, a link to yeah, article. send us a link, you know, freaking out. And it's like, I look at it and it'll say Canada, but bans wood burning. And then when you actually click on the link, uh, it, it takes you to a site to a municipality that has just tightened up the regulation of what type of wood burning appliances, you know, that you can only burn the efficient ones. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think wood burning is going anywhere anytime yeah. soon. Uh, and, and it makes up such a small segment of the, uh, uh, of the market that it's uh, just would, would seem like a kind of a strange uh, target in, in, in my opinion. Makes perfect sense. 
Um, on that note, if you guys need any advice, call mm -hmm. Matt anytime. You can reach out to me directly. We'll have all his links and contact info below. But I always like to ask the guests, you know, what's the easiest way for them to find you? Like if they just wanted to reach out right now, would it be email, Instagram? Like where can you send them to go yeah, check we're, stuff out? Yeah, we're, we're, we're not hard to find online, um, you know, anywhere. Uh, in, in Instagram, uh, you know, Google search, you know, Safe Home Fireplace. We, uh, we should pop up there quite, quite easily. Facebook uh, as well too. Awesome. And yeah. to all my realtor friends out there, like I said, I've been using Matt for years. He's helped me countless times. Reach out to him. You know, trust people that know their craft better than you do. Matt, I appreciate your time, and I think I just bought a fireplace from you too. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, thank you very Thanks, much. Man. Thank you. That was awesome. So how much fun was that? I absolutely love Matt. He's an amazing resource. Like I said, if you need his info, hit me up. I learned a ton about fireplaces. I'll update you as things progress. I just bought a fireplace for our new office, so I'll show you that install as well and show you how good they are at their job. I appreciate your attention as always. Hit that subscribe button. We have more exciting guests to come. If there's anybody that you want featured on our series, let me know. I think we live in one of the most amazing places on earth, so I'd love nothing more than to profile the people that are doing great things like Matt at Same Home Fireplaces. Take care. This episode and show was a Prime Media Group production and is a proud member of the Industry Syndicate. For more information on the Industry Syndicate and Prime Media Group, please go to the links below. Thanks for listening.